What's up, guys? Welcome to another episode of Ball Status. That's right. This is the podcast where we talk about the business of health and the health of business. And this is an Ask the Boss episode. Are you confused yet? Are you confused? Do you get it? At this point, do you understand? Yes, they do. So, boss status, we talk about a lot of different topics. We've had some really good ones on recently. We'll either cover some type of leadership topic or something about the industry, or we'll have a special guest, or we do what we call Ask the Boss, where I will post up on Instagram, send me your questions, and you do that. And then I will try to answer the best I can. How about that? And we're also live over here. So if you have any questions, if I can do two duties here, I can. <laughs> that sounded funny. What did you do? <laughs> do two duties. Uh, we can hop over here and answer <laughs> some questions. So uh, what's up, bro? No, that's just. Oh, got it. Yeah. Phone, right? just, yeah. Yeah. This is real work. We're working over Oh, here. that's your phone. My mind is yeah, blown. Yeah, my phone, bro. Got you. It's like Inception stuff. Yeah. All right. So if you guys have questions, throw them up in here. I can answer over here. We got a bunch of good ones today. I just skimmed them real quick, so I really don't know what's coming. I, I only saw the first two pages, the third and fourth and I mean, I'll pages see, I'll after scan, that. I haven't really like fully scanned them all, but like You're just gonna if I get to one, it is just like... Juice? Uh, Not juice, but like just... Really dumb and bad. Just skip. Yeah, I'll just skip it. All right. So, so we're gonna rapid fire. We're gonna get through as many as we can. We're gonna yeah, do this. We're gonna set a limit of forty five minutes. How about that? How about that? All right. Let's. How about it. that? All right. Should I? Say- well, can I say? Can I give us a big pat on the back that ever since we've kind of revived this once a week, every Friday afternoon, a podcast going up. That's we've a been, big step. Not only that, they've been great topics. There's also well, all that, and then just social media in general, especially. For you and Team POV over here, like you guys are knocking out these energy drink reels. Like, yeah, there is some good. I want to be. I feel uneducated on how to put out good quality content. I need somebody to come and like teach me how to do it. David Dodrell, POV. Well, you got first got to figure out what you want to, what type of content you want. Well, so I get a lot of good feedback on uh, a lot of the functional type training that I do. So I've always wanted to do that, but I want to make it more professional yeah professional and like easy to follow instead of just me like i set it up on a shaker on a bench and then just do something and then well like you could use a tripod music like behind it well i have a tripod yeah so you uh, what you could do is you could put the video and then you could put do a reel where the video is going on up at the top and then you're down below with your little face or you could do it like a green screen talk and you could be like right here i'm doing a meat a meat split <laughs> Meat split or whatever you want to call it. whatever yeah. you call it. I'm, I'm, I'm mobilizing. I mean, and you I can will talk commit th- myself, but I just I feel and you like, can talk like through. A lack of confidence. You know there. what? This is where you don't let enemy perfection be the enemy of the good. That's I understand that, but then I also don't want to be an idiot. to be like like it look like junk. It won't look like junk. Yeah, we'll make fun of you if it does, and then you just take it down. Yeah. Okay. <laughs> well, we're sidetracked here. Let, no, we're, this is ask the is real time ask. The yeah, so I was asking you that question then, I guess, right? Well, I just figured, like, what is a topic that people care about? What am I interested in? And I thought it was very timely because we stopped doing energy drinks. That's why I started doing these yeah. reviews. And what you, so yeah. just cut you off real quick. It's easy to be like, hey, POV, I pay you, so you're going to make my my reels. And then he, he does them. But I can't get POV to, like, well, I mean, I could, but. Well, like that Nutrition Corner reel I put up the other night was pretty good. That took me probably 20 minutes to do. 
And I just knew ahead of time, I want to get a bunch of clips of all the tables at the Nut Bash. And then it's pretty easy. I just figured out how to mix them and put them together and then put sound over it and have a co good cover page and then make a meaningful post. So, like, I think the key is get the content and then you can figure out how to Well, do even it. before you get the content, do you ask yourself, hey, I'm going into this and then think about social media and how I can create content from it? Well, I did for the Nut Bash because I was like, listen, I don't want to be on my phone the whole time. So I, I took 10 minutes and walked around to each booth Talk to everyone. Well, it was more than that. It was like an hour, but I made sure to get video of every booth as I was going through. Yeah. Literally three seconds of each. Yeah. And then, so I got that. So when you're working out, just say, you know what? This workout, I'm so doing before all. Before I even start. Be before like, you even start, I'm, I'm going to commit to some type of content in this workout. So you get your tripod, and then you record one set of every exercise you do. Then you have it. And then you could say in your post, you could say, I did these five exercises for my lower back issue. And you list them, and then you put them together in the reel. And then you can lay things over it. You can put so words over it. that's what I, I really need to get to learn that's that. That's easy. I can show you that. Is there an app for that? There can be. David Dodger has one that's 10, bu 10 bucks a month. I don't want to pay that. You know what, Pat? <laughs> if you're going to put out content, you got to help the brand. You know uh, what? I can 10,000 followers. That's the goal. I will pay I need 10K. your 10 bucks a month. 10K followers. Yeah. All right, you got any questions in there before I get started? Because it looks like there's some questions. Oh, yeah, so this is Bryce. So Bryce is asking a question. So Bryce is, I, I believe, Mark, I think they're partners. I don't know the full situation, but I basically reached out to Mark, and I said, hey, you know, I got two active boys, uh, Jackson and Griffin, uh, really into sports, playing a ton of different things, and they're starting to get an interest into training. So I've started doing certain things with them. But I know how, I know how to train bros and get bros jacked, but, like, I don't know the right – uh, level of volume for kids and more specific, very sports specific type stuff. So I reached out to Mark and he looped me in with Bryce who they run uh, legacy at carbon, which is a, like a youth training or a, a youth sports specific training out in Tennessee. And so now they, Bryce has worked to get put together a program for Jackson Griffin still recovering from his uh, uh, broken collarbone. But um, so he's going to start it next week. So it has some like a bunch of agility stuff, mostly at first. And uh, um, yeah, so Jackson's excited. He's got a calendar in his room and he, he writes out the days he has baseball and football camp. And then like when grandparents are coming or when's his friends coming and then he'll write out agility, trampoline, you know, like other things because he's trying to do flips and all sorts of stuff. So he hasn't like, I saw it last night. It yeah, was all dude, written out. Is, yeah. It was pretty funny. Your kids are both very much like you in just different aspects. Totally different ways. So he says, what about youth development in sports? What have you seen as you have grown within the industry? Well, I mean, I think it's people like you guys that are actually doing this, and it's actually um, super cool, and I think it becomes relevant. I don't even – I never thought about it, right, until I became a parent, right? Um, and But now that I have kids that are into it, I'm like, man, there is such a lack of this. I've actually already all, always thought that, man – if I knew then what I knew now in terms of nutrition, I think there's a huge gap in nutrition, probably even more so than training for youth because kids have no idea what to eat. So like we've been instilling in our kids from day one. It's kind of funny. Even Griffin will ask you, how much is there protein in here? How much protein is in here? You know, so they're, they at least are aware. They have knowledge of what they need to have and what types of food they should eat. Um, so I think there's a huge gap there. So, like, I didn't know anything about eating. I knew how to train when I was in high school, but, like, I didn't develop the way I should have developed because I didn't have the nutrition aspect of it. 
So, but now, I mean, the level of training and the way they're, the programs they have for kids these days, like Mark and Bryce, what they're doing is awesome. So that's actually one of our goals here is, so this whole building we're in now is about 32,000 square feet right now, 10 of it is a gym. And as we kind of move into the next phase of where the brands are going and the new HQ and all of those things, which is a multi-year project, we eventually want to turn this building completely into, um, a training center. What that looks like right now, I'm not sure, but I definitely want to incorporate, you know, a good 10,000 square feet of turf over on the side. You know, you could put in batting cages, you could put in roll out wrestling mats, but have a lot more functional aspect here. Of course we would grow the bro area too, because that's where I live. Um, but I, I think there's a huge gap here. I mean, if you look around, cause my kids are getting very involved in travel sports and things like that. The lack of facilities to do these things are crazy. Like it's just really hard. Everyone's fighting for the same couple locations and you don't need like their, their indoor practice facility for their travel organization is maybe 5,000 square feet of turf. And it's like when it rains, like all the teams of all the ages fight for the time to get on there. So there's a huge opportunity and same with for like wrestling, the wrestling teams and all that stuff here. So it's a huge opportunity. So, and I, I just don't know enough about it yet. Um, but that's where I would bring somebody in. I, it, I don't have the time to do that now anyways, but I would look to partner with somebody to run that. You know, shoot, maybe it's Bryce and Mark. If they want to come in and put legacy in the second half of this gym, they could do it, right? Which I know Bryce is training a bunch of like D1 athletes and things like that. So there's a cool, cool opportunity for it. And I'm super interested to learn more. I just don't know enough about it yet. Well, and I think like the development in just, I guess, time and science uh, has changed a lot, right? Like we know a lot more in general, like a lot of like these trainers, like Bryce knows a lot more than, you know, say even 10 years, 20 years ago, 20 years ago when I was a kid, like, I mean, we were maxing out in football and they probably still do it, but we were maxing out oh, in football. The dumb at stuff age, in high school, right? Stupid. Um, and somebody should have been probably just saying, Hey, you think the kids should be doing that? You yeah. know, right? Like somebody's just like checking it. Yeah. Right. But, um, you know, a lot of parents just leave their hands into somebody, right? And, you know, I think we've just progressed a lot in just fitness in general. Yes, somebody comments here, form is best for youth. Volume doesn't mean a thing if the movements aren't there. So I'd say four to six refereeing of perfection and correction. Yeah, I heard a crazy stat. Like, Michael Jordan didn't touch a weight until he was, like, 30 years old. Yeah. That doesn't now. That doesn't mean that he couldn't have been better if he did. Sure, I agree with that. You know, like we just don't know. Right, that's just a fact. Like he's a freak, anyways. Yeah, he's literally one. His focus on was more like explosiveness, drills, and yeah, athletic ability overall. Yeah. So I'm not. Yeah. So and and the thing is, is just like I can train our kids. So like we started simple. How do you do a correct push up? How do you do a correct pull up? Go you know full extension. None of this. You see kids trying to do a pull up that go like this. You know like. So we've tried to teach that right off the bat. The big one that I wanted them to learn was a goblet squat. So like we've been big on form. So like I can teach those things. And like if I have like a remote coach like Bryce or something that tells us stuff, we can kind of, for the most part, I mean, some of this agility stuff, I don't know, but like for the most part, I can show them how to do something correctly. It's just like how often and how many reps and how to progress for kids that are, you know, pre puberty, like that's a, I don't know the right answer there, and I don't know the science. So that's why having somebody who's experienced in it, it's important. Word. All right. I'm going to the questions. How about that? Yeah. How going about to the questions on IG. Yeah. It's a good start. Go ahead. All right. So why, how you split up your workouts to train arms by themselves? 
why have I? Why slash how do you split up your workouts to train arms by themselves? So probably for the last, I don't know, three or four years, I haven't trained them by themselves. I've put a, I usually train them after shoulders and I really don't do a ton of volume, but I will hit them multiple times a week. So maybe seven or eight sets for buys and tries, um, you know, seven for seven or eight for buys, seven for eight for tries would be plenty volume for me now. But I did, you know, when I was coming up, I did really love an all out arm day. And I think if you're really serious about making arm specific goals, having a day to focus on just your arms, not at the end of a workout is huge. So um, I made a ton of my progress on a bro split. So uh, Monday legs, quads and calves, Tuesday chest, Wednesday back, Thursday arms, hamstrings and calves on Friday and shoulders on Saturday. And that's pretty much my comp split that I did all throughout when I was competing. Something I'll say, or I'll add to this. If you're doing that much volume in hypertrophy training for biceps and triceps, I think you've been a lot better than this than I have. You need to add in, um, tendon type work. So wrist curls, uh, forearm curls, um, extension and flexion, um, because your tendons are going to take a beating with all that volume of just pushing and pulling in the, in the, in the arm. So yep. make sure you're also doing the, the other types of... Uh, yeah, I'll always throw... There's pretty much not an arm workout that goes by where I don't at least do some type of forearm work, at, you know, in there. What was your first job ever? Ever. Like, were you 12? First job ever. So first job ever, I was... Pr- so it's a split. I was like a lawn crew at like the s- local swimming club. Like I just like... Like she took out trash and no, we didn't uh, cut grass, but took out trash and used the facilities. Yeah. Facilities. I worked the front gate. You scrub that toilet. You know what? I've got paid per hour. Six, $7, $3 and 75 cents. What was the, do you know what the wage was then? Like pretty the sure that was on, I'm pretty sure that was under minimum wage. Probably. What's that, how old were you? Uh, it's, when when are you legal to work? 14. 14? I think I was 14. I think 15 for me. Yeah, I think I was like 14. But at the same time, so my where, where all the big bills started rolling in was that long lawn care business. Know what I'm saying? I would borrow, borrow my daddy's tractor. Heck yeah, boy. And uh, had push mower. Uh, my friend had a push mower. So we would, uh, and we borrowed the weed whacker, the blower, and we cut lawns. So we kind of did our own thing. Um put flyers out in all the mailboxes and then started our own like a you know grass cutting business it was good you think in in pa it sounded like that no yeah i don't think so definitely not but now i feel like it should have been so uh yeah that was probably the first job my first uh real job after college was um consulting it was economic litigation consulting so uh, i've talked about that a bunch on here and so that has been was a huge experience uh, so that helped with a lot of the stuff we do now. Two people asked this on this same page. So segue into what got you into the sup game, so sup industry. The sup game. Well, at the time I was doing this consulting work and uh, also getting really getting into natural bodybuilding. So um, this is early 2000s and there really just wasn't a lot of good stuff on the market. I mean, I mean, I was using that Celtec, boy. I got juicy on Celtec. Dude, everybody gained some mass Man, on some Celtec. Boy, if you think about it, so it, it actually makes a ton of sense. Most people would do a protein shake post-workout. And really, the biggest thing you need after a hard workout is carbs. Right. 
So you take in, you add a serving of that was like 70 grams of dextrose. So you add 70 grams of dextrose and then you throw 10 grams of creatine on top of that and a little bit of alpha lipoic acid, which just burned your throat. It didn't do anything. You know, it really didn't do anything. It didn't help with absorption? No, it really didn't like drive them cars to the muscle cell. It didn't really do any of that. Not at 200 milligrams with 70 grams of pure dextrose. Um, man, that stuff worked. That worked. So I did gained, you stack it with protein? Oh, yeah. Have it post-workout. So, man, I was doing a full cell tech, and then I would do protein, like 12 ounces of milk with like a scoop or two of protein and a banana. And it was was juice. Yeah. Those are the good old days. So that was the crap in the industry. Yeah. So that was, uh, that was, I mean, it wasn't crap, but like, but that's what was, but like, so I was also using a lot of Myoplex. So Myoplex was EAS, the biggest supplement brand at the time in early 2000s. Um, They made Myoplex and they probably still have Myoplex today, um, which was a, a, a mule replacement. Uh, that had probably about 42 grams of protein, 25 grams of carbs, but all the carbs were all Malta. And it was just like chalky and kind of nasty. And I would eat that every day in the office. So that's where we came up with MRP, the, f- the first product of the company, which was based on oat and barley flour, um, slower digesting carb, just a higher quality meal replacement. And, you know, I, I really didn't have any thoughts of, you know, if you would have told me back then that we'd be where we are today, there's no way. There's no way I would have thought of that. It was just a fun hobby, right? And I had the money because I had a good job. So I could take, at the time when I first started, I had a partner. It was, so it was $10,000 each. So it was $20,000. Um, so I had the money because I had a good job. And, you know, I was single, didn't have kids. I was like, so sure, that's kind of cool. You know, have a supplement company. All bros want to have a supplement company. Heck yeah. Um, we didn't know what the heck we were doing, but we figured it out eventually. Uh Bought out my partner a couple years later and then, uh, you know, just started, re, you know, putting everything else. But every, every dollar I made from that company uh, went back into the business for the first seven years. So um, that's kind of how Core started. Well, so segue into this question, man, it's just all the stars segue. are lining. Did you see yourself here 10 years ago? So let's just say 10 years ago. Not North Carolina, to be honest with you. I had no yeah. idea. So 10 years ago, 10 years ago this Right now, so thir- June, open it up. I honestly think Newport I, news. No, well, Steph just. It could be like to the day. It's like what June thirteenth, right now, fourteen. Yeah, thirteen. I think Steph told me she was pregnant. Like right around June of two thousand thirteen, with Jackson. So he was born March Fe- in February. 14. In February, he was born in February of fourteen. Oh, sorry, February. Yeah, so she told me she was pregnant. We were going on vacation. Our house just flooded. Uh, so we were living in uh, Dan Cruz, my training partner, worked at a hotel. So he got us like this extended stay hotel right down in Clarendon. And so we were living in there as they were redoing our apartment, our condo that got flooded from the neighbor above us. And she told me we were pregnant. And I remember packing for a vacation that we had planned like to some resort. I think we were going to the Bahamas. Uh, so we went from staying in the hotel to the resort and then we came back and I was right before we left she told me she was pregnant and I said when I get back I'm gonna quit my job and I went back to work after the vacation and said I will I'll be I'm done you have you know four weeks and I'll stick around as long as it takes to transition things but I'm I'm done so I've heard that multiple times when you found out Jackson was coming 
you quit your job. Yeah. I've heard that multiple times. Had you, I mean, you guys were obviously trying to have a child. Yes. Were you planning on that route? Like, were you ready? Or I, did it just hit you in that moment? You were I like, think the I'm going to be a dad, and I need to be more present, so I'm going to be an entrepreneur and have my own schedule. I think the ultimate goal was there. Like, I had numbers in my head. Like, I would look and see, like, what did I need to make to actually, you know, and Steph had a really good job, too, at the time. Uh, she was a trainer. She was making a ton of money uh, training people. And... Um, you know, I was just like, well, how, wh where do I need to be to be comfortable, but, you know, take, still take the risk. And we were, we were getting close to that, but I, it, that was what put me over the edge. I was like, there's, this is a sign, you know, it was kind of like one of those things like, well, if I don't do it now, like there's no better time than now yeah. that will give me six months, you know, that will give me six months, a year to basically make progress, get things done to set us up for more success. So okay. we, so in that time we opened up a store. I told Steph, I need one last hurrah at this, on, on the stage. And so, I said, so yeah. that was part of the, also I'm quitting my job. Did you know you were playing? Yeah. Like I, until well, I knew I wanted to, okay. I was like, I need to do this one more time. It was really for myself. I was like, I feel like I've been training my ass off for the last five years since I last competed and I've made a ton of gains. And if I'm going to do this, now's the time to do it. Cause while I was competing in 2014, Jackson was, six months or under, you know, there's not a ton I could do. I mean, like, you know what I mean? Like, I'm not, Yeah. the kid uh -huh. is mostly on the teat, you know, and doing all that. So I can support in that way. But like, like I'm not going to driving them to football practice and baseball practice and, you know, daddy daycare all the time. Right. Like I had time, uh, I could make it work. Um, and I was like, now's the time to do this. So, um, I knew I wanted to do all the big shows and go out with a bang. And so I did that. We opened a store that, so in 2013, fall 2013, we opened our second store. That was the one with Carl in Newport News. So like that was yep. the Newport News store. Um, and then the, the brand started to grow. And that's when I was like, okay, I need to rebrand. You know, like we're actually a real company now. So I need to rebrand. So I started the rebrand. So we opened a store. I started the rebrand. And then in the fall of 2014, Jackson was about six months old and uh, did a bunch of competitions. And that's when we kind of rolled out the rebrand into the black tubs and black right. labels. And that was the start of when things really took off. Because after I did that, the tr our training business took off. Like we were getting so many inquiries for like coaching that I couldn't even keep up with it. And so that, that basically replaced well, most, most all the income you, from the other. We say broke the internet. That's when like during that prep, like, yeah, you gained a ton of, you got new, new eyeballs yeah. on you. Yeah. I remember getting 10,000 followers on Instagram in like a, a couple of days. You know, it doesn't happen like that anymore. Right. Right. Like it was, I mean, it was all very organic at the time. Yeah. Right. And you know, all the craziness of Instagram wasn't there at the time. So you post one cool photo and yeah, I, I, I should go back and see like all the comments on that. There was like a thousand comments, right? Somebody asked me today, it was, uh, Connor's new, uh, uh, protege. Have you, have you been since he's got a new, uh, no, I mean, I know he always has somebody there. And he was like, I mean, how, how did he pose the question? Like it basically, were you natural or not? You know, <laughs> like, I mean, have you ever doubted that? I'm like, yeah, of course. Or like, um, like right when, before I even started working with Doug, I was like, but I've been working with Doug for eight years and the stuff that you like that I witness on a regular basis, like it'll, it'll prove it wrong. And then he started asking me, what about Michael Hearn? And I'm like, dude, 
if somebody tells me that they're natural and I've never seen them stick a needle in their butt, then like I have no reason to like disagree with them, right? Yeah. Like it's not, and I don't waste my energy on that. Yeah, which is funny. There's a lot of people that waste their energy. Oh on yeah, that. yeah. There's a whole YouTube series around it. Yeah, natty or not. Yeah. All right, let's let's speed speed round this stuff. Um, I mean, some of these questions are deep, man. Might be two episode or two yeah, hour long podcast. Well, we're twenty five minutes in, and we got. What are your thoughts on the contributing factors to the rise of childhood obesity in this country? <laughs> Who was that? Uh, Sarah from uh, oh, wow. Bellis Nutrition Corner. I have one word. Uh, it's a lack of discipline and accountability, right? And it's not just on the child's part. It's on the parent's part, right? So a lot of it falls to the parents. Like, the kid doesn't know better. right? So if you're just a lazy fat ass and you're not taking care of yourself and you're not owning your own shit then that's on you, right? And I understand everyone has difficulties, and that sound, probably sounded very... Uh, truthful. <laughs> truthful, but like... Which is hard to hear these days. Right, you know, but like, it's that's just like people need to start owning their own shit and stop, and stop, you know, blaming other people for their problems. And I love the the part of Andy Frisella's podcast where he kind of, he, he always talks about uh, pursuing personal excellence. And if everyone... And this doesn't mean be selfish, but like if you handle your stuff, right, and you become excellent at all the stuff that you do, the impact that you can have is like contagious. It's contagious on your kids. It's contagious on your coworkers. It's contagious on your employees. It's contagious on your family, right? Just imagine how much better our society would be if people pursued personal excellence. People just don't care. They're yep. lazy, yep. lack discipline. So that's 100% where that comes from. Like, yeah, I mean, I just, I, I'd love to challenge everyone to like really do something hard once in your life. Just really do something hard. And that's why I say to like, you know, we talk about it to some of our managers at our stores, but like, I feel like everyone should pursue to be excellent at something at some point in their life, right? And so that can be a competition. Like, I, there's a lot of bad things about competing that, you know, you can become self-absorbed and it can be a selfish sport, but at the same time, it does bring out qualities that it makes you persevere and push through some really hard stuff, right? Um, so, you know, somebody going through the challenge of competing or whether it's becoming the best guitar player you can be or graduating as high as you can in your class or being the best baseball player or being the fastest Rubik's cube grandmaster or chess map, whatever it is, right? Like I'm just be great at something. Try to find something, pursue something that takes many, many hundreds and thousands of hours, hundreds or thousands of hours to perfect and go all in on that. Right. Because it really teaches discipline and perseverance. And that's where, what we're lacking. <laughs> Put that in a real POV. <laughs> Put that in. But that's real. true. That's, that's, that's a Doug that's, Miller quote. That's all true. That was pretty funny. That was really good. Yeah. Yeah. That was good. All right, cool. How do you feel about dog eat dog personalities in the workplace? How do you handle these? Is that from a uh, looking at our competitors or looking at your coworkers? Because if it's looking at your coworkers, then you probably are not aligned in the core values of what we're trying to do. So, like, I don't think there's that, like, so the dog-eat-dog -dog world, you envision, like, you're in the corporate rat race, and, you know, you might, you know, you might uh, shred somebody's paper, who, you know, just to get ahead, or something so like dog that, you know dog eat dog means, like, 
I'm going to take somebody out to get to the next yeah, level. Yeah, yeah, right? and also, in, in and I read that as kind of like, well, and you might not be totally, like, you can't worry about um, rising up and doing doing your best. Like, you can't have to, you can't worry about that. So oh, let me let me back. Well, you up. can't worry about what others are doing, right? So in the workplace, right? The dog eat dog world is like, as long as you're not doing something to push down that other person and you're just handling your own stuff and you rise to the top, that's a meritocracy. That's the way it should be. And that's what I tell when we have these managers meetings and we tell people, when you see other people getting opportunities, right? If that really bothers you or puts you down, like you really, you, re, you, you, re, really, you need to look in the mirror because there's a reason that person got an, oh, they're the favorite. Well, no, they're putting in the work, right? Like you're not putting in the work. So that's a time for you should look, look at yourself. So that's a meritocracy, which I believe in. But doing things to uh, uh, sabotage your, your coworkers so that you may get ahead, there's no place for that. There's no place for that. Yeah. Um, and even it, as a competitor, like thinking about like our, like we don't need to put down other brands for us to shine, right? So... I don't even believe in that. Like, yeah, I, you know, I will say things on here like, yeah, I think we have the best products, but like, of course I believe our products as a CEO, like you should, you should believe in what you're doing in your mission, right? Like I don't see anything wrong with that, but I'm not going around saying, oh, their stuff is crap. Like don't buy that. There's plenty of room for people to be successful in this industry. So, you know, I don't even really believe in that, that in the terms of, uh, you know, friendly competition in the space. You don't need to crap on somebody else to make you look better. Like generally, if you look at people that talk a lot of smack about other people, it looks, that person looks pretty bad. Yeah. Like it's just, that, that's the most cringe thing that, you know, that one person who's always talking smack about somebody and you're always just cringe when they come around. Yeah. So it's the same thing. Okay. The best stack for digestion and elimination. Does that mean poopy? And actual you serving good, breakdown. You got good poopy? I don't understand. Core gut, man. You know, in terms of stack, I don't think you need anything more than core gut. Um, it's a, an incredible product that has helped a ton of people. Uh, insert commercial for Core Nutritionals, core gut. Mm. Um, use coupon code MEAT20 for to save an extra 20%. You should that. Probably, you probably should you make that. I gave out a code today. Was it mine? Well, there you go. We, I think we need to activate meat 20. <laughs> I like kind of giving out. So, codes. yeah, core, core gut, uh, prebiotic, probiotic, postbiotic, and the probiotics juice. It's, you know, a non-prop blend that we came up with based on science. Um, it's. I it's, truly feel it's helped it's my a, issues. And you have some issues. I used boy. to have some bad issues, bro. Yeah. yeah. Core gut. I love it because it tastes like bananas. I do it first. So I wake up, walk downstairs. I pop core gut, and my first thing that's in my mouth is water and core gut. You know, that that's one of our lifeline products that we have for core that has just made a, a huge difference, huge difference. I will say I do love hair, skin, and nails, too, because I have to cut my nails, like, every day. Is it helping your skin? Or help with wrinkles? Yeah, I think yeah. so. That I mean, put that in a collagen stack, baby. Uh, maybe I should get that. Yeah, you got me taking that collagen. I my afternoon helps so in a while. I kind of see my face, you know, like, and I'll just squint, and I'll you smile, got, you got like, and then... Like Sam, my face is gonna be so wrinkly when I'm older. And she's like, I'm gonna love it. That's yeah. just wisdom. Like, right, wisdom lines. Yeah. Um, core gallic, uh, core, core gallic, core gallic, collagen, uh, collagen, core greens, 
and Cortez. That's my afternoon snack. So I get home and I drink that with dinner. What a guy. What a guy. See, this is, this is Natty Doug. That, that is my stack. That's my old man stack. Okay, we're going to move Good. on. All right, here we go. If values, morals are aligned, does the source of those beliefs matter? All right, so I, I know where this is coming from because uh, that was, that was uh, somebody who I commented back because he sent me a long message. I was like, bro, you got to put that in the message so that, but you can't put a long message in there. So the comment was, if you have an employee, this, this is an employee of ours, and they, uh, he's like, we moved now to the Bible Beltway down here in North Kakalaki. And, you know, I grew up in a very religious family to the point that I was actually almost pushed out by it. And I've kind of turned away from religion. Um, and, um, you know, I've kind of become the family black sheep in that sense. But I'm 100% aligned with your core values. Is it an issue that the core values are aligned, but it's coming from a different place? So... The short answer to that, in my perspective, is no, right? Everyone can be in different places in their life, and not everyone has to believe the same thing at the same time. And so at the end of the day, our core values, um, you know, there's, there's a lot of Christian principle behind the core values, but they're not written in a way that it's like, so like we were talking about it this earlier, so like live passionately. The, the core value for our company isn't necessarily live passionately for Christ, that might speak to some people, but it not, might not be for everyone. But it's live passionately. It's like be, do things that you're passionate about, right? Like, you know, Carl likes to say, have fun, right? Like that's part of our core value is like live passionately. Be passionate about the things that you do. Um, and so it doesn't really matter where that comes from. Um, as long as you're like kind of living and, you know, share these same values, I don't see that as a problem. You know, like I said, everyone's on a different path, Um you know, maybe one day that path will, you will look at all these from a, you know, a Christian pers perspective. But if you don't, as long as like the, the values align, that's, that's, that's fine. Um, you know, it's, it's my mission and, you know, Patrick's mission as a fellow Christian to, you know, share our faith and, you know, let you know that we believe in Christ and, uh, you know, but that, that's our path. You know, we're not going to, well, at least I'm going to speak for myself here. Like, I'm not going to throw it down your throat. Like, uh, you know, we're going to say prayers before we eat as a team. And if, you know, that's not your thing, that's not your thing. That's okay. But that, that's our thing. And so we're, we're comfortable with that. I mean, we have, you know, people of other religions on our team and I'm perfectly fine with that. That's, you know, that's their belief. And I respect that. So um, it doesn't really matter where, where it comes from, as long as, you know, generally your core values align with ours. And so that's yeah. the way we're not, we don't, not everyone here is a Christian. Not everyone in this building is a Christian and not everyone that works for us. And that's fine. Like that's totally fine. Um, so yeah, that's, I guess that's a, a longer answer to that question. Yeah. I mean, I mean like at the end of the day, you're trying to be a good human, right? Mm -hmm. Like that's where a lot of these values are come, come from, you know, like a lot of non-Christians will read, they still read the Bible and take great, great points from the Bible, yep. right? Like the book of Proverbs is, is all about wisdom and being a good human, right? And so a lot of these things might come from there, but it, but at the end of the day, I mean, it, your values aren't going to align if they're not if they're coming from a bad place, right? Like we're yep. not, you know, it's just because they're not biblical or, or just because you're you don't believe doesn't mean like our values only come from a biblical p place, yep. right? Yeah. So, at the end of the day, we're a we're a 
this is a a secular non uh, I mean for this is a for-profit business right? right like these 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 core values were also written in a way that it's just like how can we be successful and how do we do the right things and we feel that if we follow by these core values and use them as a guide that we will have success that I mean that's how they're created so all right moving on Biggest change you anticipate seeing within the supplement industry over the next five to 10 years, which is a big gap in the industry. Man, this stuff happens all the time. It's so rapid. Um, at the immediate moment, I, I do see just, this is just a straight answer to the question. I see a lot more things going to convenience. So packet style products, more on the go, um, all of that. I see more and more of that. So we have a couple cool products that already exist for us that are in big tubs that we're putting into packets um, and are more on the go. Hydrate's been really a, a good one, and we chose to have an on-the-go type uh, uh, stick pack as opposed to a tub. Um, the RTDs, uh, the ready-to-drinks, stuff, stuff like that, the convenience. I think that's really where the next three years are going. Um, you know, beyond that, it's like, it's like who knows? I mean, we'll continue uh, to see ingredient updates um, I think too, we're see, so to the convenience market, you're starting to see, uh, retail markets yeah. expand their categories into supplement space and ready, ready to go. So like, I even think Lowe's home, homes, home goods store, home, home improvements, home improvement store. Yeah. Lowe's, Lowe's will be expanding their, they have sets for energy drinks and sodas and like snacks, but they're getting into functional foods and maybe even supplements. And you never would have thought Lowe's Home Improvement would have would yeah. be offering that. Yeah. So I think we'll start to see. Yeah, some I mean, of I that. think it's that's good for the brands. It totally. makes it makes it more a little bit more difficult for the, our retail stores. I think right? it's great for just health and fitness in general. Yeah, totally. Right? You know, because it hopefully people will have more access to it. You know, the way I don't see that as a negative. You know, like. You know, people will see as a negative, oh, you're going to vitamin shop. Oh, the mom and pops are screwed. No, I think that's more eyes on the brand, which means more, you know, relevance in your store, right? It's the same thing kind of with this. If you start putting supplements in other more, more regular places, there's a good possibility you're going to have some good spillover benefits in the retail side too. It's not just doom and gloom. Oh, well, they can go now to Lowe's to get to supplements. But no, it's like people will now be seeking out. They'll be It'll be more relevant to them. And now they might be seeking out a place that is more of a resource like the nutrition corners. Right. Right. So I think it's more of just Well, they're not going to get everything they need from Lowe's. Right. So maybe the thought to, for them, like, me, you know what? I do need to increase my protein. Grab a protein packet from Lowe's. Uh, you know what? I'm feeling good about this. I need to change, make some lifestyle changes. Google nutrition store. Hey, the nutrition corners. Right. Right. Yeah. And so I think that's that's how things. And then by this time, the podcast, this podcast will launch. I'm assuming our interview with TJ Humphreys from All Black Everything will have launched already, yep. and we dive into that. Yep. Which I think was a good topic. Yep. All right, this is a good one for you. Hardest business lesson you've learned this quarter. We're wrapping up quarter Ooh. two. Oh gosh, God bless oh, you, boy. God, I got you. Ah, this quarter. Yeah. Is that quarter for? two. Hey Zeus. He also asked, "What's the greatest current business opportunity?" So he wants to know right now. Greatest lesson and greatest opportunity. Oh, God. Golly. This is hard. <sighs> I don't know if I would say same quarter, but I think uh, it's a little cliched of everything happens for a reason. When one door closes, another door opens. And uh, 
you know, I think every time a door has closed, another one has opened for us. It's funny how that works out. And maybe we wouldn't be in the same position to walk through that door if the other door wasn't closed. And the new door is potentially even better than the old door, if that makes sense. So um, I would say that's more of a six-month thing for us uh, where a lot of that has happened. So, um, yeah, I'll just, I'll just leave it at that because there's too much stuff happening behind the scenes where I, can't, I couldn't really get into the details of all of that. And the next one is the biggest opportunity. And some of those things that I can't really get into are the biggest opportunities. Um, I will say probably I just have this feeling that sometime within the next 12 months, uh, we will have another kick-ass brand in this building. Just, just putting it out there, putting it out in the universe. Um, and then, you know, we are entering a lot of new categories um, and working on a lot of innovative licensing deals um, for all the brands that is super exciting. So we'll just leave it at that because there's, there's too much juice. That's more like a suck. Can't give you all. It can't yeah. give you everything. Uh, wait, uh, Jonathan Phillips wants to know when you're coming back to California. Yeah. yeah man, uh, sorry. Sorry, Dude, bro. I actually really enjoyed my time. I want to go back. You know, California is so beautiful. It's it cool. is so beautiful. It is. I like, didn't go like downtown Hollywood. You didn't go to like the streets of San Francisco and visit. Well, the, that was I was in L.A. Uh, so San Francisco, uh, that's another. I hear is worse. You got to go to San Diego. San Diego's where it's at. San Diego wasn't far from yeah. where I was. So. Yeah, San Diego's where it's at. The weather's always perfect. Yeah. Will lemon Italian ice be coming to pump? But the short answer to that is Jonathan. No, I have I no think idea. He said no in that. <laughs> yeah, I said I ain't going there. <laughs> Uh, sometimes I'm like, Jonathan, why don't, why don't you, I mean, it's tough for him to move, yeah. but like sometimes you just feel like people don't al align with where they're living, right? Yeah. They don't really align there. But do they feel then, stuck? Like, I why can't know. they do something about that? I mean, I mean, he's got his people, right? Like, he's he, got his people. He's, he's got his lifestyle. He's got a good, good store out it. there. Yeah. So, like, most everybody, the only complaint that I got, the biggest one that I got was taxes. Yeah. Stupid. Taxes. Communism. And, uh, and yeah, <laughs> communism. And communism. All right, Lemon Italian Ice. Will it be coming to pump? So, yeah, somebody, I think somebody asked us in the Discord uh, for Ambassador. So Maybe uh, I I threw out the idea, and I think it got kiboshed. In, in, is kiboshed. That, is that like? Kiboshed. Kiboshed. Whatever. But is that, that's not like racist or anything, is it? I just feel it like wasn't until you brought it up. <laughs> you do this all the time. I, I, I don't. I don't know. I just thought You're it was so really scared to say I, things. I know. Now is that because Kai, I feel like that's like a up. Jewish slang, right? Kai, how Kai? Kibosh. 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 Is that is that a thing? Kebab. Kibosh. Not kibosh. Kibosh. It is with a K I. Yeah. Save from America. What is it? All right. Tell me what it means. It means to decisively end or reject something. Yeah, put the kibosh on it's that. Nothing. I is, don't know. I just felt. Is kibosh a Jewish? <laughs> it felt bad. The is origin it, of kibosh is unknown, though many people think it's Yiddish. Yeah, Yiddish. See, it's Jewish. The world's earliest use was probably in an Irish neighborhood in London in the early 1800s. Wow, what a world. See, this is what you learn when you ask the it's boss. Halt, stop. That's put, it. Put the kibosh on that. Cut the kibosh. Yeah, put the, I, they, put, they put the kibosh on me. We skew creeping over here. Kibosh. Yeah, so I, man, I'm all about the lemon Italian ice in the pump. Uh, but we do have like nine flavors of pump. It's wow. a little ridiculous. We're going to have to, there's soon there's probably going to be. A, well, let's do the lemon Italian ice and then we can like 
Kibosh, another one. I could, could probably kibosh uh, Cherry Burst, but then I would want to do Black Cherry. Yeah, because the master, the master fury, the master. <laughs> well, the problem is that you want to match all the furies, and we we got over ten furies. Beard Gain says it's not racist, and Sarah goes, "I know it's Yiddish. I know Yiddish. Yiddish. Yeah." All right, here Woo. we go. Oh, Steve's in here. What's Steve? up, Steve? Well, this is an episode of Ask the Steve Boss. Let, let's have it. Let's have your question. We're getting deep here. This is Steve Calabrese. Yeah, he, they need to get down here. We need to. We need. When a are you coming down? For a boss status. Because we got to promote the thing. The thing. Oh, the thing. Yeah, you got to come down before August 12th. Get right. you out on the boat, Steve. Get you on some jet skis. Be a good time. Yeah, good old time. Can I move on? Yeah, you're good. While Steve thinks about his question. He goes, hey, yo. Hey, <laughs> hey. All right, so this is interesting. I'm going to ask it. So the Bible, <laughs> say, the Bible say not to kill, but there are soldiers. Is same as premarital sex and porn. So basically, the Bible says not to kill, but then there are soldiers. So yeah, I think that's a soldiers. Kill. I think that's a con- uh, a concept that is hard to. I mean, like all the sins are, or the Ten Commandments are pretty much like level, right? Except for the like the first one of love your God, right? Yeah, like that's the one that that's the one, right? But then every. You know, like as a, a commandment, but um, it is hard to believe that, like uh, Jeffrey Dahmer. I don't know. I just had that popped in my mind because that was always the crazy. You were one. all about that show. For that a while. show was crazy. That was crazy. Anyway, so like, yeah, like he got saved right at the end of his life, and it's weird to think that, like, in heaven, you're going to be hanging out with Jeffrey Dahmer. Well. I if mean, he this, truly believes, this believe, would be right? a great conversation with Brian. Yes, uh, somebody who really has studied theology in the body. In yeah, the let's body. bring him. Let's, um, let's hold that one because there is. I mean, God did send uh, people, his mm-hmm. not technically his apostles because that was Jesus, but to to take out. Oh yeah, certain uh, oh, man. Certain the old people. The Old Testament is nasty. Right. There's a lot of slaying going on. So basically. So yeah, so that's, that's deep. That's deep. That's a deep question. And we're not pastors here. Yeah, we're, we're going to save that one. And we didn't study uh, theology. There, there is but one unforgivable sin, blasphemy. All others are equal. Yeah, there you go. Thanks, James. Great, uh, Pastor James Gracely. Speaking of James, James, why are you in here? James, got you. Got to quit. All right. So James says, "Show me on the bear where twelve ounce cans hurt you." What? What does that mean? What does that mean? Show me on the bear. I think that was a reference to the Just Works, the Just Work Energy Drink Review, where I talked about slaying a bear. You and don't then want I to trigger them bear, them bear killers. They're bear haters. Bear, bear the bear, haters of the bear, the, ha- the haters of the bear killers. Right. You don't want to trigger the bear lovers. Basically. Right. Right. So, but I just don't. I don't like a slim can. Yeah, you you know, the one that I'm really disappointed, like I really like the C4 Smart Energies. Those are some of the best tasting energy drinks I've had. And those are suckers or slims. Like why? And I understand you're going to say, look at the spins data, James. I know, I know. The 12s are hot. <laughs> I get it. I get it. You know, Celsius was on the rise with the 12, and now everyone's trying to do a 12. Love you, fuggers. <laughs> fuggers? <laughs> fuggers. <laughs> but so I mean, what's, come what's on the, what, back up stage every once in a while, ball. Yeah, what's the answer there? Why don't, you know what? You can come on a special episode of Ask the Boss, and we can talk about We He was on an episode. We gave you a coin. You cried. Yeah, that, that was, was a good, good time. 
All right, back to business. What was the question? Oh, wait, we're waiting for James. Every yeah, James 12 ounces of energy drink gets the feminine descriptor. Yeah, it does. It's just like, you know, that was the one thing at first. I thought C-Bomb's energy was a little bit weird being in like a regular soda no, can. No, that. But, but that in a can, you feel kind of like you should be in a canoe or something somewhere. <laughs> I don't know. I feel like you should just a canoe. But like, like in the wilderness, just, ah, oh, give me one of them bomb energies and just being like manly in a canoe. Yeah, you, you know what I'm saying? drinking a beer. <laughs> I, at first, I was hating on the 12-ounce fat smalls. Yeah. But then I started drinking it because it... It was it's like happy dad. happy dad, the, the, happy dad, the seltzer, you know, the seltzer oh, that went, no, I didn't drink those POV was drinking them, but you know what I'm saying? Yeah. yeah, yeah. They're in the regular 12 yeah, ounce fats. I prefer that. Yes, I do too. Over a 12 yeah. ounce slip. There you go. How about that? <laughs> All right. We're so 49 minutes. In. Keep it rolling. Talk, the toxic masculinity size is 16 ounce. No, that's gotta be, we need to come out with 24 ounce energy drink. Call it masculine, toxic, toxic, masculine, <laughs> masculine toxic. <laughs> Toxic masculinity. <laughs> all right, all right. Let's we did on. have a good thought about the rebrand of uh, Red, Wet, and Boom when we bring it back. Though. Well, somebody asked me if uh, is there a new formula energy drink on the way, and I just skipped it because we're in jail. We're in jail right now. Steve, the energy drink reviews are elite material for the interwebs. <laughs> <laughs> elite, baby. Uh, uh, Steve, you need to get on a review. Oh, Steve could kill. He him. would crush. Yeah. You need to get it on. Might take, it might take. He, he might not be able to put it all into one reel because I feel like he would go forever. <laughs> all uh, right. So if you could go back and change how you started your business, what would you do? I just sent four questions and they're all deep. Like, <sighs> wow, what a world. Uh, if I could go back and so. If you could change how you started your business. How I started it? Yeah. No, because I think you, you find a problem and you try to solve it. And if you're, if you're facing a problem, the chances are somebody else is having the same problem. And that is why core was born. That is why the nutrition corners were born. Right. And so I don't think the start of the, I don't think that should have changed. Would I have done some things differently? Probably. I probably knowing what I know today, obviously I, I probably would have gone all in on the brand a little bit sooner. That's probably the only thing that I would have done. Which was seven years? Uh, to, I mean, shoot. The, technically, it was around for an eight or nine years before I quit my day job. So, but, you know, uh, you never know. You never know how things would turn out I, if you would have done it differently. So, so like, those no, questions are always tough. No regrets. Yeah. What's your biggest daily struggle right now in regards to running all, all the brands? Man. Getting home to get to football practice at 5 p.m., man, it's crazy. Like, yesterday I had three hours on the football field just sitting there. Like, I was doing emails. I was taking phone calls. I had to go in my truck at one point to, like, watch a video so I could actually see it because the sun was so bright. This is rough. And I'm, like, <laughs> over here pacing the sidelines and just, yeah. Just well, it, was just, it was just like a camp, right? It wasn't yeah. Like a but camp. he, yeah. And so, like, uh, it's honestly, it's just like there, I have, there's just a lot going on. Um in my life. And it's all great. Like it's all good stuff. It's all you stress. It's like yeah. the kids are doing a ton. The brands are doing a ton, but like, we're not at a point, And I told you guys this recently, we're not at a point where I can just step away. Like it's my job to get to a point where I can just step away if I want that. Right. And we're not there yet. So there's a ton of work that needs to get done. And so like we constantly have to level up and you know, we added another thing to our plate that I think is going to level up our retail stores on a weekly basis. But I think that's needed at this point in time. You know, um, I think sometimes you hope certain things are getting done, but if you're not constantly inspecting what you expect, which should be a whole other podcast in and of itself, 
something slip. And then sometimes you got to kind of go back to the drawing board and get re-engaged in certain things. And I feel like I'm engaged in a lot of things right now. So it's just juggling everything. And so it's literally from the time I wake up around six o'clock to the time I go to bed around 10, like it's, it's pretty much nonstop. So, um, and then, you know, trying to, you know, have really good communication with the wife while the, all this is going on and then being engaged with the kids as well. It's just a lot to manage. So I saw somewhere, somebody had an idea of when you walk through the door, at least for whatever period, you know, like you turn your phone to airplane mode, which I never thought of doing, but that would be, that would be amazing. But the problem is usually when I get home, that's when a flurry of activity is going on. So I usually have to like go somewhere, do something with the kids, take them somewhere, and then I'll get 15 minutes to kind of, all right, what just hit the fan and kind of decompress and see where I need to put my energy. So it's just like, it's just a constant. I, I'm, this isn't a complaint in any way. I love it. Like I'm, I'm very blessed to be in the position I'm in. It's just, it's so I, just. I don't know practice. how this happened, but a couple times I've got, go into my house and I put my phone on personal mode, which is a do not disturb yep. mode. Um, but every time I walk, not, I think it's about every time, every time I walk into my house, it knows my location, I guess. And it goes into personal mode for me. Oh, wow. That's cool. So like sometimes I'm like, man. Imagine I, you go in your bedroom and it, a phone immediately dies. They might make man, a, a lot of marriages would probably be. They saved. might make a thing for that. I leave mine downstairs. I don't take it. How about that? I man, have a, I have a noise no maker and idea. an alarm clock that plug into the wall, so I don't have. This is neither. Okay. So it stays downstairs. All right, here we go. All right, uh, hold on one yeah, second. Steve's in there. What's up, bro? Miss, miss coaching the boys. Got to come get a pump in it. Crush it, Landon. You uh, natural body. You guys handle life and biz in an extreme, extremely admirable fashion. I see that from many miles away. Well, I appreciate that, Steve. That means a lot. Very few people in our industry handle it the way y'all do. That was a very nice comment, Steve. I Thank love you. Steve. Yeah, Steve's great. Um, all right. I'm going to go into this. What injuries have you had, and how did you stay positive through the repair phase? This has come from Joe, Big Joe. Joe's hurting right now. Man, his Send Joe feet. a positive message. Man, he has plantar fasciitis, and, man, he was limping, but he didn't give up. But all weekend long, he would literally he hobble. He was hustling, dude. He was hustling, hobbling from, like, table to table, serving people. But he looked in pain. Yeah. Pain, Joe. Um, so I've had plantar fasciitis, and you know what? It is super annoying. It's. Uh, I think when we went to China, I had it. Really? It's right around the time I discovered Ultra Boost, and they saved my life. Huh. Ultra Boost are some that. of the best shoes. I remember eating me. nasty food. <laughs> I remember <laughs> eating that cow. <laughs> Never mind. Never mind. That's for another podcast. We got to do our China. Oh, we should do it. We got to bring up clips that we have saved somewhere, so, like pictures, like a like a slideshow. Yeah, but slideshow right here while we're talking about it. Yeah, that's great. Uh, Steve says we owe him fifty bucks for that. Nice comment. Sure, um, Steve. We'll credit put that credit <laughs> on your. <laughs> <laughs> um, what was the question? Oh, how, how do you injuries? stay positive through so your I, uh, some, injuries and your repairs? Knock on wood, I, I haven't had any major surgeries, but I have had some pretty serious inju injuries. And I think some people, you got to get out of your head and you got to realize there's, unless you're like in a really bad car wreck or something where there's a lot of things that are going on, you know, the chances are that you can still stay active. A body in motion stays in motion. And that's really important. So um, I've had some back issues. I've 
you know, some slight minor tears here and there, rotator, labrum, quadricep, like all these things that have, I, I basically rehabbed, right? Like there weren't in a position where anything like was really bad, but like there's always something. And I think you have to spend time prehabbing, rehabbing. It has to be a priority. Um, and then you have to f- realize that you're always going to have something. So you got to learn to train and get creative when something hurts you. Like if, if an exercise hurts you, don't do it. If squats hurt you, don't squat. Do leg press. Do whatever. I remember times like in prep, the last prep I did, like I had a tweak in my quad like four weeks out. And I was, it just was super weird. It would just act up. It would just start twitching. It would feel like my quad was going to rip. Uh, and this is when like my skin was getting super thin. It was kind of gnarly and stuff. Like it was super freaky. Like even walking on a treadmill could set it off. But I found certain things I could like. I would. I remember some exercise. Some days like for leg day, I did like I found that the glute, the Life Fitness glute machine, like I could totally do and it was great. And my legs would get super pumped and it was hard and I could still push. So I would spend literally like an hour on that thing. I would max it out. I put weight on there and I'd do like ten sets of twenty for each leg. So like, and that was the best my legs have ever looked. And that's when you fell in love with that machine. And that's when I, and that's why we have one here and every gym we have, we'll have one. So, but that's just an example, right? Like, so you can find a a way to train around your injury unless it's, you know, obviously you need surgery for it or something like that. And then it's just patience and it's mental toughness too. It sucks. I mean, there's nothing worse than, I, I mean, Pat, you know, this like back stuff just sucks. Back and yeah. then, like, so I'm thinking dehabilitating type injuries, right? Yeah. So, like, his or his feet. So, walking hurts, right? So, my, get on my the bike, back, right? So, like, get on the bike. You, you got to find a way to move. You got to seek professional help. Yeah. So, you really do need to find an expert in the space where that to, to rehab yourself. You and know what? I'm, I actually I'm heard an architect today. So, Architect Sports has been awesome for me. Yeah, um, they are good. And, uh, but like, I know, like, I get so, I'm frustrated right now, and I told him, "I was dude, I'm hurting. I'm pretty frustrated. You know, I've seen, I've been coming to you for six months now, and it's not your fault, but like, I, I feel like at this point, like I've been ready to push. I'm ready to push. I'm ready to stop doing this PT stuff, and I'm just I'm not there yet. My body's just not there yet. I try to pick up some sandbags on Friday, and then I got in the car. I mean, this was stupid on my part, but I'm just ready to be done with it. So I, I picked up sandbag a bunch of times, got in the car, six hours, drove. And then Saturday, setting up the booth, my back is just locking up. And I felt like crap all day Saturday. But then what did I do? I hooked up stem all night. Like I'm hanging out, smoking a cigar, talking to people, just hooked up to the stem. And then instead of working out with everybody, I did my own thing in in rehab on Sunday. And then I did it again on Monday, and I'm I'm back. Like I don't feel like dehabilitated anymore. I just got back, but I kept moving. You just got to keep moving yeah you gotta find you gotta find a way i've actually heard uh needling for plantar fasciitis is sucks it sucks but like i heard it actually really works yeah but imagine sticking needles in your bottom of your feet when they're like gnarly yeah god that would hurt all right anyways what else we got uh we're approaching an hour let's end it on an equipment question all right what is the best shoulder machine what brand and do you is it converging or is it normal i don't like I don't love converging. I feel like the shoulder gets in the way a little bit. Although that uh, the uh, CXP Body Master shoulder press that we did yeah. that day, see, I like I, those. I like that. I would and get. I, like, I would I like get it. that. Atlantis converges, doesn't it? 
so Atlantis would be my choice out of all the shoulder presses we have. I actually really do like the Bodymaster uh, Selectorized, believe it or yeah. not. But uh, between the Prime, the Panada, the Atlantis, um, the Atlantis, but it can't be the new Atlantis they make. If you get a brand new Atlantis, the head pad pushes your head forward and puts you in like a weird position. Huh. The other one, the current one that we have, which is the little older model, you're a little bit more, you can put your back, your head back a little bit. So it's not so, you don't feel so restricted. The Atlantis is my favorite out of all the ones that we have. The Atlantis press machines that we have, I don't know about the new ones or the old ones, are definitely one of my favorite pressing machines that we have. Yeah. And I love the, oh, a, the, new, the angles so, that they take for closer grip or neutral grips are just the best. So we have the new incline and the new flat, and they are identical to the old and ones. The so shoulder's the older. The shoulder one is the older one because the new one has just that head tilt is a little bit worse um but yeah i love the atlantis incline and flat they're great logan what is your limit oh that wasn't logan logan said you're doing a great job uh what is your limit or general limit for caffeine daily i know i can if we're just curious i'm 600 and unfortunately i just i'll admit it i've been doing about 600 every day so but it is what it is that's my thing but i won't go over so that's either like a 200 meg pre and two energy drinks or a 400 meg pre and one energy drink. That's usually the standard days that I don't train. Um, it's usually less. It's usually like 400 megs, but I'll get two energy drinks in there usually. So that's my limit, but that's me. That's me. I don't ever cycle off again. That's me. I'm not saying that's advisable, but that's what I do. I do what it does. <laughs> All right. On that note, is that it? That's it, man. This is I a mean, good one. There's, there's a couple more, but we did well. There's some nugs in here. Yeah, that was good. I, I like doing the we uh, we don't do ask the boss regularly. I mean, because we were doing ask the boss specifically every week for after a while. like our sub dates, and so we would just get the same questions all the time. Yeah, but now I, I feel uh, like, how do you get big biceps? Yeah, biceps, biceps, biceps. <laughs> Sick of the biceps. But now that goes back to OnlyFans. Now it's stretched, uh, stretched out a lot, and so we get some really good questions. So yeah. All right, guys. We appreciate you guys. We appreciate you. Till next time, keep crushing it.